Hey Sis, it's a weekly shakedown of the binary walls around us. Breaking it out and building a bridge. Checking our biases with empathy and humility and questioning the status quo. It's about building allyship that is intentional and confident. Even though, um, you know, being openly transgender could pose a potential threat to like my safety and my success, like I still feel it's 100% necessary for me to continue to be kind of courageous and act as a representation to the trans community because I had the thought like if it's not me then who you know and if it's not now then when right welcome to another podcast episode of hey sis today we're joined by charlie johnson owner of queer realty we're so excited to have you on the podcast and I will dive right into a couple of questions here if we can (laughs) get things going yeah um so what's it like being an openly trans queer real estate agent Yeah. So, um, coming into the real estate industry, I knew I wanted to do things differently, um, because as a whole, it is lacking in gender diversity. Um, and like, as you may have heard before, and this industry is sometimes referred to as like the boys club and it is a predominantly white cisgender heterosexual male dominated industry and is in desperate need for queer and transgender representation. So, Though there is like a percentage of realtors who identify as LGBTQIA2S plus, um, so we're gonna have the whole alphabet soon. <laughs> so, um, I was surprised to see that there are hardly any realtors specifically targeting the queer community or publicly marketing themselves as members of the queer community. Um, and, and more so in, like in the Atlantic provinces, cause that's really where I did my, my research prior to marketing myself as queer realty. Um, so I can speak on that, but yeah, I was, I was very surprised, you know, because coming, I wouldn't, I, I searched everything. I went on to like my gay realtor, like, you know what I mean? I was like, someone has got to be doing this. Like Halifax is like one of, you know, the gay capitals of Canada per capita. Right. So it, 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 there was definitely a bridge to get like, yeah. Well, and when did you launch? How long have you been? Yeah, so um, within my first year, I've been licensed since August, and I originally got licensed in Newfoundland, and then COVID happened, and I ended up coming back here um, to take care of some family, and uh, just, I'm not from Newfoundland, so it was making it a lot harder to network when you can't go out and meet people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just since August, and I've really been kind of marketing myself since uh, the beginning of October. So that's amazing. Not, not very long. Yeah, well, you're yeah, no, that's awesome. Because I, you know, I see it out there. So it's good. Yeah. Are you doing yeah, that is great. social media and connecting with people that way? Yeah. And- yeah. And, you know, like a big part of it is even though, um, you know, being openly transgender could pose a potential threat to like my safety and my success, like I still feel it's 100% necessary for me to continue to be kind of courageous and act as representation to the trans community because I had the thought like if it's not me then who you know and if it's not now then when right so yeah no absolutely like I was I was talking to Cindy a little bit before about this because um I think I briefly talked to you on one of your posts or something um (laughs) but anyways I was I was just saying that um my partner and I we just bought our first house back in May I think of this year yeah 2020 as I said it's a complete blur nowadays 
Um, but looking for a realtor was so incredibly difficult because it's an individual representing us and we're both trans identifying individuals. And so often we go to look at a house, people would soon assume we're like brothers or siblings or like, roommates. so yeah. yeah, roommates, things like that. And I'm like, like it just makes that, you know, that first impression is so important and you're making the biggest purchase of your life. So you want to have someone representing you who reflects your ideologies and your, you know, your identities. So. Absolutely. When, when I was completing my real estate training course, I spent time identifying what it means to be a realtor. And, um, you know, to me being a realtor means I'm committing myself to being involved and giving back to my community to continue educating myself on current matters, personal growth. But, you know, most of all, it's making a positive difference in people's lives, right? And that's kind of when I decided to volunteer with the Nova Scotia Rainbow Action Project. Um, because, you know, they advocate for, or like better known as NSRAP, but they advocate for equity and justice and human rights for the LGBTQIA2S plus community in Nova Scotia. So what a better way to kind of implement being trans representation in, uh, in real estate and then also kind of being right in the core, like fighting for our rights and, and, and being a part of, of the advocacy that we need, you know, um, doing research on and what, it, what, what is out there for uh, queer representation within the real estate industry. Because, yeah, I myself, prior to being a realtor, I wanted to, you know, invest in a home and build some equity but it kind of does come it, it, it does come with that extra like push that you have to be like oh not only do I have to go and find a realtor but I also have to find a realtor who's like not going to ask me if me and my partner are yeah roommates or siblings or something like god knows right uh and there's so many stories of that you know going into an open house and being like oh are you guys you know like you you just long time friends. You're like long time lovers. Like, <laughs> um, tell me this. Uh, so part of the whole um, experience of purchasing a home in that uh, you have to marry up with like a mortgage broker and then insurance and that. So how do you how do you bridge that with your clients if you're supporting uh, queer clients? Uh, do you have um, like a mortgage broker that you work with specifically or um, insurance to help guide people that way as well? Because I'm sure that there's, you know, finding someone that's educated at that end and even being able to get a mortgage and getting, you know, pre-approved uh, sometimes can be trickier for the 2S LGBTQ2 plus community. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of ties into uh, one of my points of, really what I want to go for in 2021. So in 2021, I would really like to see queer realty take off and start to see more uh, progress. Um, as of right now, I'm still building brand awareness and getting the word out there. Um, and I think that the biggest thing right now is letting people know that this type of real estate service is now explicitly available in Nova Scotia. Um, you know, just the other day I had a client say to me, I like your approach as a realtor because it makes people feel like they can open up and talk to you without judgment. Even though you're not, you're not looking to buy or sell right now, uh, you are giving a vulnerable population the space to ask questions and to get set up with a plan to improve their lives and gain some equity. And it's this type of feedback that really fuels my drive to continue growing my business and, and helping the community with 
uh, like Isaac mentioned, like the biggest investment of their lives, most likely. Right. And so another and to answer your question, um, Cindy, is another important piece to that is building a queer friendly business and, and network of real estate professionals such as mortgage brokers and contractors and so on. Um, who are also queer friendly and committed to self-educating on how to be inclusive and non-discriminatory. So um, like I need to feel secure that my clients who have put their trust in me are receiving the same quality of service when working with my team. So I'm always looking for professionals who want to partner with queer realty on creating the safest environment possible for our clients. I specifically reach out to every person that I do work with and have a lengthy conversation with them. You know, first things first, what are your pronouns? Are you comfortable asking that question? That's some basic stuff, you know, and that right there, some people you can just see the little light go off in their head. Like, Oh wow. I never even thought to ask that. Explosion. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Or, or even better is when, it's like the first time someone's ever asked them what their pronouns are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is another kind of like, yeah, mental explosion that I see. And, and that's so cool. And I think it's so powerful because there are a lot of allies out there. You know, there are a lot of people who are like queer friendly and they just, they just want everyone to live their, their best life. And that's awesome. Um, and I think a really good way to include them in that kind of the, what I call the queer and trans revolution is um, by including them in our language and in our culture as a community. Right. So if we, if we just kind of treat them as we would like to be treated, then eventually that should just be normalized and reciprocated. Yeah. I think, I think one of the biggest things is that you would like to hope that there's so many trans inclusive people, like especially when providing services and stuff like that. And then, and Exactly. As you said, when you're researching, there's such a barrier. And I think it even shows to the number of like trans individuals and BIPOC individuals and just queer individuals in general who are struggling to find homes or dealing with, you know, the housing crisis kind of thing right now, um, that it's really, really in demand and no one's providing that service. So I think it's amazing what you're doing and you're allowing yourself to be in a vulnerable state so that other individuals can be more comfortable. So yeah. That's, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> you yeah. mentioned um, the risks involved in that. Have you experienced yourself uh, um, an incident or anything where you felt vulnerable or you were unsure of uh, potential clients or someone that you were interacting with, with regards to real estate? Yeah. So only if you feel comfortable sharing, obviously. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm just trying to like put together in my head. Um yeah, honestly, if, if, if I'm gonna be a hundred percent raw with you is every single time that I, uh, show up to a property to show it to a client who may not have arrived yet. When I walk into that place, I always have that fear of like, you know, should I have brought dog attack spray or like, should I have a weapon on me or something? Like, I'm always kind of afraid of that. And I think that stems from, um, a point that I touched on uh, transgender day of remembrance at the vigil, I spoke about how, you know, the first time I came out with a, a bit of a like, Hey, queer realty, my name's Charlie Johnson. I'm here. 
Um, I had someone that uh, was on MasterChef Canada with me actually reach out and said, hey, you know, I, I, I think it's great what you're doing, but just be careful because I know someone who's a realtor and uh, they're trans and someone made a fake name and set up this viewing specifically to hurt, hurt them, uh, right? Yeah. And, and that is like, that's already in my head. So hearing that was so reinforcing of those fears that, you know, that was just in New Brunswick. So, I mean, that's close to home, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we have the privilege of sometimes thinking that, you know, that doesn't happen in our, in our community here in Nova Scotia, but it does. Like it happens all the time, every day, you know, and a lot of the time we just have to, you know, give people the space to talk about it to even know that it's going on. And that's kind of why being on this podcast is, is amazing. I love it because it does give that, that opportunity to say, yeah, this is happening. This is a real thing that we're still overcoming, you know, even in our, our world today. It's so true. And, and on the flip side of that, I, we, my husband and I, our family, so we just moved um, in during COVID, we kind of blew up our lives and, um, we, we moved neighborhood because of transphobic behavior that was happening towards our youngest, uh, kiddo. And, um, we decided to move. And when we were looking at some places, um, we were looking around, uh, and I'm really excited about, we're going to be moving into like the North end in Halifax, but there were some houses that when we went in to visit them, um, you could see they had like the Ikea rainbow bag, you know, hanging in a closet or um, they had a little rainbow flag in their window or something like that. And it was so heartwarming. I don't know why they left it there, if it was staged or whether it was just, you know, that's just them and it's a part of their house. But I can't tell you how amazing it was walking into a space and just you know, feeling like, wow, these people are on the same page, you know, they're open and they're inclusive. I want to buy this house, you know, <laughs> it kind of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know what I mean? It really does send a message. But. It, it does. And I think people don't realize that it is the little things, right? Because it, it, and it works both ways. It's the little things of being like, today I'm having a bad mental health day. And maybe you have no idea, but you know, my delivery person uh, misgendered me. Right. And that's a little thing. But to me, that could be like the day is over. That was it. I'm going to bed. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it, but it works the other way around, right? Sometimes just see walking into an office and seeing that, yeah, there's a pride flag or a trans flag or, or, you know, some type of, oh, like it's okay to be me in this space. It lifts that weight of burden, I think, sometimes, too. For me as an advocate, it lifts that burden going, okay, there's other people that are, you know, out there and and doing the work or, you know, they're getting it, that, you know, the visibility. I know just even having spent more time downtown, too, my youngest would say, you know, I had no idea there's so many LGBTQ2 people in Halifax. And it's like... Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of everywhere. It's just where we were before. Maybe they didn't feel safe enough to be visible. So, yeah. yeah, I actually coming in uh, when I was, so I work uh, with Royal Page Atlantic. And um, when I was kind of interviewing the brokerage to see if it would be the right fit for me, um, I was asked the question, like, yeah, do you know if there's a part of Halifax that is kind of more queer populated and I thought about it and I was like well I would have to say probably the north end 
but I, we don't really have a village. And I made the joke. I was like, well, you know what? Being a realtor, maybe I'll just start making one. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. a bad idea. <laughs> I know I'd want to live there. I don't know. So, but uh, something you mentioned earlier, um, you know, it, I was thinking about the intersectionalities of being openly trans uh, and like how that impacts me professionally. And it just, I just think it's ironic because the only pushback that I've had thus far with being openly trans and marketing myself as a, as a queer friendly, inclusive realtor has been from cis hetero white folk who feel that they're being excluded from my marketing and real estate services because my business is called queer realty. Right. And when I'm being faced with these kinds of comments and feedback, it gives me an opportunity to further explain what I mean by inclusive and safe, non-discriminatory and open service. You know, it allows me to reflect and react to how my marketing could make people feel isolated. And even though my intention is to do the exact opposite, you know, it's that kind of feedback that's beneficial because more often than not, I'm able to neutralize the negative situation into a positive one with a bit of, you know, patience and explanation. And I just found that really curious, you know, because like the one time in life, I'm like, no, I'm just saying I'm trans and I'm here and I just, I want to service everybody. It's like those people who are typically not at like, who don't feel excluded are the ones who are being like, Hey, well, why can't I work with you? Right. So they're actually like assuming that you don't work with cisgender straight white folk. Is that kind of, yeah, where there's some, it's kind of like that new, um, Isaac, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but in, um, in the commons, there's a new, um, sculpture, a piece of artwork that has oh, yeah. a <laughs> chosen family and it has its, um, it's an interpretation of the different symbols and an amalgamation of them in different and unique ways. But when I looked at some of the feedback that it had gotten online, it was like, where's the female symbol? This seems very exclusionary. This seems like it's leaving us out. It's, it's always the people who have never, and I don't want to say never experienced marginalization, but it's always the individuals who are less likely to experience marginalizations to take a situation that empowers such an targeted and impacted community and like turn it upon themselves to make it seem like they're the victims in some way. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if anyone listening is <laughs> like one of those people that's getting angry about the, like the title queer realty. Like it's just saying that it's an inclusive place for everyone. It's not saying that only queer people can do it. And that's both. That's like, it's like a queer person myself is that queer people should be able to say the word queer and like have everyone like acknowledge that like, it's not just like queer exclusionary. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a conversation that I've been having like more frequently than I thought I was going to have to. Because, <laughs> yeah. Right. I just, it's inclusive. That's the whole idea behind being inclusive is that everybody is included. Um, you know, it's safe for everyone, but I'm just putting it out there that I happen to be queer and in here. <laughs> and, the, and even on the turn point too, like there's not every LGBTQ plus two person identifies as queer, but they understand that that term means that this is, you know, a safe space for anyone who identifies as anything that isn't like cis, white, and straight. It doesn't mean that you have to identify with that term that you're using. It just that this is a safe space to have those conversations. So 
that's my <laughs> my mini rant for the day. <laughs> that's a great point, though. No, it's I love that point that you made because I always say it's not like pie. You know, making yeah. space for more people isn't taking away any space that you already hold. It's just yeah. opening it up, right? And, yeah. You know, it's I I really like the. Um, I really, there's like a poster and it's like one candle can light a thousand candles and it doesn't, you know, take away from the, the, the candles fire or something like that. And it's the same thing right here. I'm just, like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to build everybody up. That's all. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And Isaac, I think that was a good point too. Um, I, I did want to mention that uh, to, to anyone listening that uh, when I say queer, um, that is kind of a term that the the lgbtqis2 plus community is trying to um take back and, and kind of you know create to be their own word again and so it's more of an umbrella term um and i just wanted to put that out there i'm not i'm not trying to exclude anybody or say you know queer and trans only uh i just i use it as a term for the community so yeah, I like to think of it as an umbrella term for sure that it uh, and it's a very positive term here on the East Coast. I know some places in Canada and unfortunately some places elsewhere in the world, it's not necessarily used as a positive, but I love the grassroots nature of it. And and I do see like I've met people that say, you know, I don't want to be identified as lesbian. I am lesbian, but I prefer to say, hey, I'm queer. And and it's just a more because why do I need to be really specific about something that's very personal to me? And it kind of, I think, creates that sort of safe aura around without having to open yourself up more than you want to to a stranger. Yeah, I I identify with uh, what you said very much. So, you know, being uh being transgender, it's kind of it, you have to put a lot of self-reflection in there, you know? And and I you know, I always say people within the queer community have typically had to spend a bit of time trying to ask themselves who am I? And, and you know, and um people that are kind of yeah, heterosexual or cis, like typically they're just kind of doing what they were told to do. And, you know, they never really had, maybe, maybe they never really had to, you know, ask themselves those questions. Like, like, who am I really? Like what, what, what feels right to me, you know? Um, and so being trans, not only did I transition my gender from, you know, I was like, I was a lesbian and I was a cis female and I was fine with that too. Then I was trans Then to, I was like, well, I'm like trans masculine too. Now I'm gender fluid and, you know, and it's a journey for sure. But along that way, I recently realized, I was like, I have no idea what my sexuality is anymore. <laughs> I'm so, I've figured out my gender, but I don't know where that leaves me with the sexuality part. So, you know, so I definitely just identify more as queer now more than anything, you mm -hmm. know. I love that. And you know what? You know it when you see it, right? It's like, this is who I'm attracted to because I'm attracted to, and it doesn't have to be pre-labeled, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think like with the term queer and it, or like LGBTQ plus or whatever other acronym you use, like I think it's nice to use those terms because you're not also forcing yourself into like a box that's so binary because... I myself like identify whenever anyone asks me, like, I'm just, I just say I'm trans. Like I don't go into nitty gritty details. If I say I'm not binary, they're going to be like, Oh, like, what does that mean? Kind of thing. And they think like this whole other array of things. It just makes the conversation much easier for my head. And to go back to what you said there, Charlie, the fact that um, we have to spend so much time questioning ourselves. It's really difficult for others to question us on top of that, because then that kind of, 
reinforces that whole like do I actually know who I am you know am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing like is this label right for me kind of thing so yeah I uh <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> well, it makes it even harder to sometimes answer those questions when you're still trying to kind of figure it out yourself, you know, and it is a changing thing. It, it, it changes sometimes from minute to minute, you know, depending on who you're around and, and, and whatever else in your life. Right. So there's days that I definitely feel empowered and confident enough in who I am and where I'm at in my life that, yeah, if, if someone wants to know and they need a little bit of education or a little bit of patience and an explanation, like, sure, I'll give it to them. But other days, like I said, it can be as little as my delivery person setting me off because I'm misgendered. Like I'm clearly not in the headspace to be able to explain myself to anybody else. Cause I can barely explain myself to myself right now. Well, and I, you know, I think if people were more open to being introspective, I think they would see that they probably lie on much more of a spectrum when it comes to gender expression and identity. Then, you know, then, and when I'm talking about cis folk, then you never really realize it's just, like you said, Isaac, like these boxes that have existed and messaged us since we were born, you know, it kind of, it kind of acts as a barrier to actually looking inside and going, am I, who am I? to the world is it who i really am or am i just reflecting what i feel like the world will take from me or accept me for yeah and that even goes outside of just like the binary like male and female kind of thing like we have perceptions of like what a trans person looks like we have a perception of what like a plumber looks like what a realtor looks like what a teacher looks like kind of thing so like our society especially westernized culture is so fixated on boxes that i think it's any efforts to break those boxes and to re-explore like what we define to be for instance with you charlie like a realtor is amazing and i think it really um as i kind of said before really paves the road for other individuals who might want to do the same in their own regions because i think you know nova scotia is a relatively safe space for queer people especially within halifax I myself, I'm from Truro, so it's a little, <laughs> a little different here, but uh, it's not too, too bad. But uh, it definitely is uh, on the uprise, which is really, really great to see. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing too is, um, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I was living in St. John's, Newfoundland for a year uh, with my partner while they got their music therapy internship completed. Uh, and cool because they're actually going to be working, well, looking to work with uh, transgender folks on um, helping with the vocal shifts. So that's amazing. Yeah, very cool. And there's not really anybody out there doing that right now. So. Yeah, it's a very, as I said kind of before, there's a lot of really in-demand services that like trans folk or like trans aware folk know are in demand. So yeah. like it's amazing that trans people are taking the initiative. Um so yeah, I guess this is our, one of our last questions here, and then we'll dive a little bit into kind of some little quick Q&A, kind of quick questions. Um, but do you have any tips or tricks for queer identifying folk who are house hunting or might be house hunting in the near future? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> a million dollar question. <laughs> the loaded question with how yeah. look at right now. Um, yeah, biggest thing, you know, um, uh, when you're starting the journey of wanting to purchase your first home, right? Or sell your home, whatever you're at, but more specifically, uh, first time home buyers is, you know, you really want to work with a realtor that you feel comfortable with, uh, because there's going to be a lot of interaction. You know, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of meetings. You have to disclose a lot of personal information about yourself and 
that's just overall that you're, neither one of you are going to have a great time if you don't vibe and you're not, uh, you're not getting along. So, um, yeah, finding a realtor, you can always message me. Um, <laughs> but finding a realtor that you're comfortable with is number one and, and ask questions about who their team of professionals are, right? Because <clears throat> when you go to a realtor, you're really, they should have kind of a list of people that you can go to. So like a lawyer, a mortgage broker, um, yeah, insurance for the home, contractors, so on and so forth, right? Um, and if you're, you know, you're looking for inclusive and safe services, you really want that to be to everyone that you're being recommended to. Um, so that would be a question to ask your realtor. Be like, hey, I'm just interested, like, who, who are you going to recommend me to? Like, have you had the conversation about working with queer or trans individuals or people within like that community? You know, do they have any experience working with a vulnerable population? Am I going to have to explain myself? You know, those types of questions are really important. And um, I think with the Halifax market right now, we're actually seeing an all time low, uh, like historically ever in history, we are at the lowest inventory there ever has been in Halifax. And what that means is like just last week, I'm not sure the stats uh, for, for this week, but just last week we were at a low of 2.2 months of inventory. And what that means is that uh, let's say tomorrow, no houses ever came back on the market in 2.2 months, we would be completely out of houses to buy or sell in Halifax, which is, yeah, right. We're seeing, especially with the winter months coming, like nobody wants to move in winter. So we're seeing less listings come up. We're seeing more people want to move, uh, especially with the second wave kind of hitting now. People are coming home from internationally or nationally or wherever, right? Um, and Halifax, outside of COVID, um, has anticipated in the next five years a 25% increase in their population. Mm-hmm. So it, that's a whole other thing playing into affordable housing. And like, we're seeing all these luxury apartments come up and we're seeing a lot of homelessness like increase. And I mean, we really got to get a grip on what's going on, especially when it comes to like renters or affordable housing or first time home buyers. Um, but there are four, there are four different uh, programs. If you are looking to do uh, some kind of incentive program, there's the first time home buyer incentive program, the home buyers plan, the down payment assistance plan, and no, that's just there's three. Sorry, there's not four. <laughs> so I guess then your recommendation would be just given the whole uh, landscape and that that if you are thinking about purchasing, connect with someone like yourself first and get connected with the right people to get everything prepared because when the right house comes up you're probably not going to have the same kind of time to sit on it and go back and forth and visit it six times before you put an offer in um, because it's moving so quickly. Yeah, exactly. We're seeing houses with, you know, 30 uh, offers in on it and they, it'll come, it'll come on market Friday and they're only accepting offers until 6 PM on Monday, you know, and there was 60 viewings over the weekend and an open house. And, you know, there's like, I can't say there's no way, but it would be very difficult for someone who's not represented by a real estate agent right now to be able to compete in this kind of market because, uh, you know, we have the services uh, that we pay for to 
do digital signatures, right? So it's bang, bang, there and there. Like, you really don't even have the time to be like, okay, well, let's meet up and let's go get this signed. It's, it's we got to do it now or we got to do it never, right? Yeah. So It's true. I, and I, it's actually, this is on a sidebar a little bit, but Isaac, I think you just shared something the other week about somebody renting a hallway in an apartment. Yes, I saw that. Like, for like dollars or something a month. No, for a it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's just it's yeah. Awesome. Halifax is insane. I I'm very very fortunate that my partner and I we moved out of the city when we did because like holy smokes, like as soon as we left and COVID hit, like everything is just <laughs> always took, always for sale. <laughs> six solid weeks. I mean, of like day and night, my partner and I both looking for a place to live that was reasonably priced and all that. You know, we got lucky. We found a, a nice two bedroom in the West End, but it was like. You know, we, we even had everything lined up money. We had a recommendation from our previous landlord who was a property manager. Nothing. No one would give it to us. It was, it's really competitive out there right now. The place we were looking at was, um, it was an estate sale and we went back and forth and saw it a few times and we fell in love with it, but we weren't ready yet to get our own house on the market. So we needed to get that ready. And before that could happen, somebody else put an offer in and it was accepted. And we were like, oh, we were gutted. And our agent suggested to us that, uh, why don't you put in a backup offer? And, you know, she said, don't get your hopes up. It doesn't often happen. But on the very day that the backup offer fell through, our house sold. Um, and it sold in five days, which was insane in its own right. But um, things just completely aligned for us that way and uh and we were super lucky but we thought that was great advice because we probably wouldn't have we wouldn't have done that and we would have lost out but um that all said the reason it fell through is we're you know we're dealing with a house with asbestos and knob and tube and all that so um but that's okay we were prepared for that we knew we knew what we were getting into so yeah i'm i'm in a similar situation with a client right now dream home just like an hour too late you know what i mean and it's like you got to be on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. on that note, will we put, um, will we put Charlie in the spotlight and, uh, and go through three quick questions or. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're down for it there, Charlie. <laughs> you them on a game show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rapid fire questions. Let's go. True or false. <laughs> yeah. You want to start us off there, Cynthia? Okay, sure. Can you uh, share with us? Are you reading? Do you have time to read? If you have uh, anything that you're reading at the moment, or if not, um, what your favorite read would be? Yeah, sure. I have um, two books I'm reading. One I actually just finished. It's called Ninja Selling. Um, really great book for anybody that's kind of looking to take more of a, a energetic approach to selling. I really enjoy that rather than like the, this is the only way to do it. And you have to be a terrible person. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I'm also reading, uh, gender, your guide or your guide to gender by, uh, Lee Ayrton. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm going to be, I was asked by fusion Halifax to host an hour long event where I will be discussing um, pronouns, how to address uh, discrimination in the workplace in a respectful and professional way, and a few other subjects that are going to be on the, the topic of like uh, being queer and being trans in the. Awesome. 
So that's something that you can follow up in. That's going to be, I think, on January 13th. So, yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite type of food? Or maybe that's a too <laughs> difficult <type>. question. <laughs> uh, honestly, um, I, I'm a big comfort food person. I really, I really like to feel, uh, yeah, fat and full, as I say. Cats or dogs? Oh, geez. Okay, so I was raised with too many cats, right? Um, and I said, as soon as I had my own place, I was like, I'm never owning a cat again because I don't want to scoop any more poop. And then, <laughs> and then uh, it was actually just in the last like two months that I was saying to cast in my partner and I was like I just really want a dog I just or even a cat I'll even have a cat like I just need a little buddy like we're not ready to have kids like not there no but but you know that's the first step so right now I'm gonna have to say dog but I would settle for any little furry creature that wants to snuggle let's be let's be honest thanks so much for talking to us about queer realty and you know the industry and sharing a bit about yourself and and your experiences and uh we uh, we will definitely catch up with you in January after Fusion to see or hear how that went. Yeah, it's not easy being vulnerable the way that you have been today. And I, I, especially as a trans person myself, I appreciate all the work that you've done, not only for the community, but here today. So, Oh, thank you so much. It's been, it's been a really big pleasure being here and an honor. Um, I'm just so, so grateful that, you know, more opportunities present themselves to be able to be vulnerable and to, to be that representation that we need. You can reach out to Charlie to learn more about all things queer realty on their Facebook page or via email at cjohnson at royallepage.ca. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. If you have any questions you want to ask or want to join in on the conversation, email us at connect at simplygoodform.com. Thank you all, and remember, inclusion matters.